everybody. It's Tuesday. Yeah. I f- see. Here's the problem. It felt like a super long time to get here mm-hmm. from Thursday. Like it always feels like that. Like from Thursdays to Tuesdays show feels like a long time. Mm-hmm. And boy, it's just gonna get longer. <laughs> it's just. Gonna- oh yeah. I'm gonna be completely thrown off now because we're just doing Tuesday shows now. It's official right out mm-hmm. here. Beginning of the show. Bam. Let you know in case you didn't already know. Tuesdays is it. And this was like the perfect week to enact that because it's Thanksgiving this Thursday. So we weren't we weren't going to do a show regardless if we were <laughs> right. This is a permanent change, you know, for the show, not just this week. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be one long show. Time limit's not really a factor. I'd like to think two hours would be like the tops. Yeah, I would. I would would hope so. That's a long time. That is a long time. That's a lot of show. That's a lot of patience by listeners to get through two hours of content. You know, God bless their souls. You know, I I kind of <laughs> maybe I should put maybe I should put up a poll question sometime. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to know maybe for people that do listen to the podcast the podcast version of this. Oh, not if, the, the, not the live version. Yeah. For the people that would listen to the podcast, which isn't a lot of people to already begin with. I mean, not a lot of people tune into that, but for those who do, I'm curious if you would listen and just kind of skip through one, two hour show, or if you would prefer it being two separate episodes. I'm kind of curious. I might, I'm yeah. going to pose that question. All right. I mean, for there's no one currently in the live stream to answer my question. That's okay. No, though. there's not. <laughs> <laughs> Come out. Where is everybody? But for those listening, you know, let us know. I'll put the question on social media as well. I probably should have done that before tonight, but hey, here we are. Yeah. Little too uh, little too late. Live and learn. Yeah. I'm just I'm just slow on doing everything. Like for the fact that I pulled all of our t shirt merchandise from the website. Mm-hmm. Without having another T-shirt person ready to go, you know, probably it's probably not the correct order because somebody already came to me saying they want a T-shirt, but there's no more T-shirts on the website. Oh, uh, I think it was Josh that came to me. So I can I, I got to figure that out. That's like on the soon-to-do docket. All right, yeah. And I'm, what am I drinking? I got. So this is cool. Before we do the warm-up. Because mm-hmm. you know, in my mind, we have two hours to do this. I don't care. This is going to just be <laughs> slow, smooth, and steady. Yeah. Order of things do not matter at this point. I got... This is really cool. So I bought uh, the winter variety pack of Saranac. Uh, just, just something different. I just went to the store. I was like, I just wanted something new. So mm-hmm. I grabbed... And I wasn't at Wegman, so I couldn't get the six make your own six pack. I had to get something else. Mm-hmm. I got Saranac's twelve beers of winter, but it's only three, four different kinds of beer. But there's twelve of them in there, and it came with a little note inside, like a piece of paper. Really? And it just said, due to COVID, we're not able to provide brown bottles. I, I guess there's a brown bottle shortage because of COVID. I did. Interesting. I know, I know, like a couple weeks ago, you told me that there was a can shortage. Yep. So I was, I, that's kind of what I was expecting to hit, but they are apparently out of brown bottles. That, that might be because of the 
can shortage. That could probably be it. That's pretty possible. So they filled their beers in green bottles. Ooh. And you know, I I I I asked I asked my Dungeons and Dragons crew about this. Hmm. Is this an overreaction by me thinking like this is super cool? Like if I hung out to that letter and like one of these bottles and it's like due to COVID, they use green bottles. So Saranac used green bottle. Am I overreacting? I, I'm not saying like this is something that you keep and you can like sell on eBay because it was like a COVID related item. I, I'm not saying no, but that. it's something cool to remember like that. Like that yeah. something happened in the world that changed something that you would buy. Right. Or that you would drink. So it's no, I think that's really cool. I, and like the letter was just the, the icing on top. Like it tells you right there because of COVID. Like I think yeah. it, I think it's cool. They could just be like, yeah, screw you guys. Drink out of these green bottles if you don't like it too bad. But no, they put the letter, the personal touch. Right. You open the case and you're like, why are these green? That makes no sense. Yeah. The personal touch is really, is really nifty. Classy. I do like, and this is the Christmas pack. Oh, so it's green bottles. Even better. Christmas. It just yeah. worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I guess Yingling there, they probably took all the brown bottles. Oh yeah, for their Hershey's Porter. <laughs> their Hershey's. That's where all the brown bottles went. <laughs> and speaking of Hershey's Porter, yeah, you know, on the, keep it on the down low. Yeah. I di- I did ship those four bottles to the boys over at Strikeout Beer. Hey yo, hey yo. So they're gonna get that next week, and you know, if they do a show next Wednesday. I mean, that stuff actually shows up when it's supposed to show up. Yeah. You can probably review that on the show. Oh, there you go. So that'll be, uh, hope they enjoy that. I sent them some stickers too. So, you know. Nice. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they get it on time. It's a good beer. I had two of them. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just not my style. Yeah. I'm not, I've never been like a huge porter person. Mm-hmm. Just dark beers in <clears throat> general. Right. But it does taste very good. It doesn't like kill you with the Hershey. Right. You yep. know, it's very subtle, it's, but it's it good. It tastes like beer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a good beer. Highly recommended six pack for $10. That's a steal. Can't, can't beat it. We got Josh in the house. Nice. Josh is here. Josh, I'm going to, I'm going to find a person to make your shirt. I promise. I just have to like do my end and I will get back to you. If anyone wants a shirt, you just let me know. And I'll write your name down and your size. And I'll get this figured out for everyone. I just have to find someone. <laughs> All right. So let's actually like let people know what's happening eight minutes into the show. Yeah. This is, this is an award-winning podcast that you're listening to. That's very hard to believe. I know. But this is an award-winning podcast mm-hmm. called On and Off the Field with Durf and Dylan. I'm Dylan. And I'm Durf. There we go. We should probably do that. People probably just tune in. They're like, with Durf and Dylan. Well, which which one's Durf and Dylan? <laughs> we're, back. we're backwards. If you're not watching, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably never know. And I always have a banner up so the names don't show. I yeah. changed it to Dylan the Daddy instead of having my last name in there. Oh, there you go. Um. So, yeah, let's do the warm-up. We, you got to make sure people are flossing, as always. Mm-hmm. Make sure everyone's flossing. Recommended by 10 out of 10 podcasters, which is follow, like, observe, subscribe, and share, which we should probably put on a shirt. I feel like that's a weird shirt, but it's cool. I feel like that's such a cool thing. I want to utilize that better, but I don't know how. 
it's just it's just funny. I like acronyms. Mm-hmm. But you know, staying on track instead of getting off topic again, Durf can tell you about flossing and where to do all those things and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. You can follow, like, observe, and share on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels, which we are currently live on, along with Facebook, where you can find past episodes and other great content. Make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so that we know how we're doing and what you like or dislike about the show. Or you can just DM us. Doesn't matter. Let us know. And you can find all these links at onandoffthefield.com along with our fundraising efforts, our merchandise, and to learn more about Dylan, myself, and this award-winning show. Yeah. There's no blogs this week. I will not be writing any blogs this week. Nice. Due to, you know, just circumstances and things and holidays we're just not going to worry about it this week so there you go at least i won't be spamming people with that mm-hmm. um and then yeah the gaming page that's the next time i dock it at least the gaming page mm-hmm. is alive and well i have my new computer nice. i actually streamed last night oh nice i did see it i saw that you did i just didn't catch any of it yeah, i had a couple people come i had the guys from strike up beer come in i had tj come in had a couple people come in, the usuals kind of pop in there. It was fun. It was a nice. good time. Stream for a little over an hour. It was just it was kind of just a test run, you know? Yeah. Just a test run to make sure everything was working, and it is in fact working. So nice. Make sure you're following. I, I'm probably gonna change the name. I'm not sure yet. I'm, I gotta figure this stuff out. But right now it's at OOTF Gaming. So basically it's OOTF podcast, but just switch podcast for gaming. Yeah. And that's that's the page. Easy easy peasy. I can actually tag it because I have my phone open. Mm-hmm. Look, oh, no, not that. It like changed on me. There we oh. go. I put it in the comments. OOTF Gaming. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Right there. Look at that. Getting technologically advanced these days. So, yeah, it did go well, though. I played nice. Call of Duty Warzone. I placed fourth place, sixth place, and some other really bad places fourth and sixth are our best though look who showed up it's freaking oh. zach nice I haven't, I haven't talked to this guy in ages just popping in to wish you both a happy thanksgiving on thursday thank you sir same to you same to you a, ha- a healthy happy thanksgiving make yes. sure you keep it under 10 people you filthy animal <laughs> cuomo will blow up your house if there's 11 people in there as soon as the 11th person walks through the door, he'll have someone snipe him. <laughs> so, you know, oh. keep, keep it to 10. <laughs> uh, someone, Jack Rydenor, came in here and is watching the podcast. Welcome to the nice. show. Welcome to the show if you're still in here. This is why I love having my phone. I say it every time I do this. I can see who comes in here. <laughs> I'll call you out. I ain't scared. So for the fantasy football league, man, that it yeah. that broke that broke my heart. <laughs> I mean, my team, like the top half oh. of my team, my mm-hmm. quarterback, my two wide receivers, and one of my running backs did very well, and everyone else like just kind of did, did nothing. 
Mm-hmm. But they did so well. I got up to 136 points. That might be, like, that might be my most on this season. Yeah. But Durf had 139. Yeah. I topped out on Sunday night, though, too. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, right now, Dylan's protected by, to get 113, not 139. Oh, whew, I'm good. Yeah. I went to bed last night, and you were projected at 137 with the second half of the game to go on. I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose. I'm going to, I'm going to cough this one up. I just needed one of Jared Goff's touchdown passes to go to Cooper Cup. Just one of them, and I would have beat you. But no, we got freaking yeah. Jeff Jess Jefferson with Van Jefferson. I don't Van even know Jefferson, what his name yeah. is. What a piece of garbage yeah. that guy is. I never thought I would say this in my life, but go Steelers this weekend. Hold off those Ravens. Yeah. yeah. Because Zach's a Browns fan. So oh, he, needs, yeah. he needs those Ravens to keep losing. Yeah, they probably will too. Yeah, I got I got comments about the Ravens coming up later. Mm-hmm. Cuz there's the Ravens The Ravens are interesting. But we'll discuss that down the road. Jack, what's going on? Excited to check out a couple of minutes. There you go. Thanks for tuning in. I see you got yeah. I I believe those are Steeler jerseys. That looks like a Big Ben and an Antonio Brown jersey in the profile picture. Nice. Yeah, 10 and 0. Good stuff. I, I did review their schedule because mm-hmm. people are people have said they've had an easy schedule. Wah. They can only play who's in front of them. I'll never say that. I'll never say mm-hmm. they've had an easy schedule. They you, you got to play who's in front of them. I will mm-hmm. talk about. I will talk about people, you know, the future schedules, which we'll get to the Ravens on that. Mm-hmm. But if you beat the play people who are put in front of you, if you're ten and zero. Like that's not an excuse. You still have to play the teams. Anything could happen any given mm-hmm. Sunday, no matter how good. Or, unless you play the Jets sixteen times, then that's a different. <laughs> that's a little different. <sighs> Absolutely, he says lives in the borough, the burg, the burg, the burg, Pittsburgh, oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, that's kind of funny. I like that. I didn't know people said that. Yeah, most disrespected ten and O team ever. I don't disagree with that. I think people have really just. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know how you can go ten and zero and people are just like, eh, eh. I I feel like the reason why they might get disrespected as ten and zero is that they haven't had a ton of like blowout wins at ten and zero. They like you know like you like you said like you know, they play who was in front of them, but like some of those teams are they should Not have blown them out a little better. I mean yeah. that's you I, something I feel like you would expect from a more complete Steelers team that we're kind of seeing here at ten and zero, but. No, I mean, 10 and 0, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, I never thought this offense was that explosive. Right. I think the offense can put up points, but mm-hmm. I don't think they can't go out there and score, you know, 30 plus every week. Their their offense just can't do that, in my opinion. Right. I don't think it's built to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Chase Claypool and you have Deontay Johnson, you have Juju. It seems like it should be explosive, but it doesn't really, it never really pans out like that. It just mm. doesn't. And that's fine. Because if you scored 25 plus even, yeah. the defense is going to do its part, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are old school in how they win games. Kansas City is the new exciting trend. Yeah, it's you're looking at two yeah. different styles. Yep. And same thing with Tennessee. They're just not as successful right now. You know, kind of old school. Yeah. But Kansas City, yeah. Fast. It's just a track team that they're putting out there. Yep. Patrick Mahomes running around, chucking the ball over the place. 
How about how about them Raiders? We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and the game on sports podcast jumping in here. He's been saying it too. Disrespected Steelers team. Hey, we just got the update. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio are in the top four. Shocker. Yeah, it's not really surprising. That's that's probably what it'll be for the rest of the year, unless Cincinnati gets in here. Ha! We got our yeah, Jets fan over here. J E T S sucks, sucks. Is that what the Bills fans do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been to like two Bills games. I went to a yeah. Bills Jets game once, and that's what they did like the entire game. Oh, yeah. And, and I've heard before, like, like my father in law has talked like with the security at but the Bills Stadium, and they've said Bills fans are the worst when the Patriots come to play, and Jets fans are actually the worst when the Jets come to play. That makes sense. I mean, Jets fans can just, I feel like they can just do whatever they want. You know, right. like, like their team sucks. So mm-hmm. no one's really going to blame them for being belligerent. They're just like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <They're> just, yeah. <laughs> everyone else around them is just like, why are you drunk and punching people? Our team sucks. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <sighs> Go Gators as well. Yeah, that's a team that can make a push in there. Yeah. But you're going to need you're going to need Notre Dame to stumble cuz they're going to put Clemson in there no matter what. Yeah, right. Yep. That's yeah, a it's... fact, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh the Bills sign in the background, yeah. Big oh, fan yeah. of Josh. That's cuz Josh Allen's just younger Big Ben. That's why he likes him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the it, most it, part. You know, it is for the most part. I think Josh Allen's a little bit more mobile. Than maybe what Big Ben was in his younger days, but yeah. you know Josh Allen's looking pretty good out of that draft class from 2018. I think he's really the only one that's. I'm just saying successful right now. <laughs> one of our our other buddies that's a Bills fan really wanted Josh Rosen. Yeah, and wanted, I remember he, he said a that lot they of picked people wanted him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So glad they didn't pick Josh yeah, Rosen. Boy. Good thing they're not the GM. <laughs> Bills versus Dolphins game last year. Last game of the year. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. Be a big game. And Kyle Trask for the Heisman. I would happen to agree with that. It's hard to hard to argue with that. Yeah. I, I was saying Justin Fields was kind of in the conversation, but one, he didn't play that great against Indiana, and mm-hmm. two, he hasn't played as many games. So I think Trask, right. is, I think Trask is on track to win the Heisman. Hey, Let's do some NFL news. Yeah. Where's my banner? There it is. Miles Garrett, Adam Thielen, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, whoever the heck Brandon Williams is, are all top names that are at top name. Who's Brandon Williams? He's a defensive tackle for the Ravens. How's that a he top was, name? He was one of the names that was mentioned, and <laughs> no, I just I'm throwing it in there like someone from the Ravens, a Ravens fan might know who that person is. So you know you gotta. <laughs> Give him some love. All right. Brandon <laughs> Williams is a top name that was added to the reserve COVID-19 list. Just to add insult to injury, the Ravens can't. They haven't practiced this week. They're no. going to play. They're playing on a short week, and then they got to play the Steelers. They haven't even practiced yet. Yeah. Linebacker Pernell McPhee. I actually know how to say his name. Uh, worked virtually today. Game is still scheduled for the Steelers Thursday night, which is kind of, I guess it's not terribly surprising. We still have tomorrow to go. Right. But on a short week with this many cases, and it, it's like a new case popping up every day. 
Like what happens mm-hmm. when it comes Thursday and someone tests positive and you get your contact tracing really quick and it's like the whole team, you're going to cancel it the day of the game? I mean, I feel I like this is, this is this is dangerous territory we're entering because they're going to force this game. I feel like no right. matter how many positive cases the next two days the Ravens have, they're mm-hmm. going to force this game upon us. Right. And I that's mean, gonna I feel enter like dangerous territory. Right. But with the virtual, the virtual practices, if they can limit the amount of in person, which is going to kind of suck because they're not going to have time to, you know, go through the drills, go through the plays at the end of practice for Steelers, they might be able to reduce the amount of spread that potentially happens or the spread of positive cases. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just still worried because Brandon Williams wasn't immediate. At first, it was like just Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. So it's the mm-hmm. running back room. Okay, that makes sense. Right. And then the next, that, that I think that was like Monday. And then Tuesday, yeah. they come out and it was Brandon Williams. And I think there was a fourth, but I have no idea who it was. But it then, you know, was oh, it was, so it was McPhee. So there's your fourth. Okay, that makes sense. So it's just new ones pop up every day. So who's, right. who's it going to be tomorrow? Who's it going to be on Wednesday? Yeah. Who's the, and then what if there's one Thursday? Mm-hmm. I just think if if there's a postponement of this game, I don't think people should be shocked. Just just keep yeah. an eye out for it. I mean, tomorrow's going to be the telling day, but I I am just worried about them trying to force this game, and then you infect the ten and O Steelers, right? And then they <laughs> watch them lose a game this week or down the road because they have to bench players due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Hell will be raised. Let me tell you. So I just, I'm always on the side of caution when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and more COVID news because COVID yeah. is just rampaging the NFL. Yeah, you guys sent this. You and Matt sent this in the yep. chat, and it, like it's a, this is a pretty serious thing. But mm-hmm. my first reaction was like, "Who in God's green earth is this?" In a statement from Sean McDermott, Bills tight end Tommy Sweeney who was a serial killer in Europe back in the day, <laughs> has developed myocarditis. Carditis, yeah. Which is a heart condition connected with COVID-19 and will miss the rest of the season. So, number one, did you mm-hmm. like that reference? Isn't it Tom? Todd, it's Todd Sweeney? Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Connection, though. That's, that's funny. funny. That was on the spot, too. That was pretty good. And then the second one, this this is the condition that everyone was worried about. Mm-hmm. This is the one. Thank God they caught this because he could have just, you never know, he could have just collapsed on the field. This yeah. would've been, That would have been horrible. But yeah. this is the condition that colleges were looking at. Yep. This is That's the one his... where if a student drops dead, the college is screwed. Right. This is this why is the Big Ten postponed for so long. This is why the Pac-12 postponed for so long, because this was the risk that their health, their board of health officials told them that was possibility. It, so now people have seen it. It happened. Yep. It, it's literally, it's come to life. We have witnessed it firsthand. Mm-hmm. This is what people were worried about. Thank God they caught it. Like If this was, let's say this was a Mac school yeah they don't have the technology to probably catch this early on he could have went on the field and died yeah but in the nfl getting tested all the time you know as soon Mm -hmm. as you cough they probably have a medical squad surrounding you so tommy sweeney was you know 
he was mm-hmm. at least in good company. But yeah, this this is it. This is what people were talking about. This is why mm-hmm. people were worried about COVID. So will he die? Hopefully not, and probably not. But now yeah. he has a he has a heart condition. Yeah. Who knows how long that'll linger with him? This could affect his career. Yeah, that's a that's a real short end into a career if if it does, because you know this was the year that I was expecting him to kind of, you know, rise up a little bit, be that one two punch with Dawson Knox and Ty- or one a three three headed tight end room basically with Tyler Croft and Dawson Knox and then Tommy Sweeney. Um, cause he was drafted the same year as Dawson Knox was. So it was kind of like a, you know, bringing in two rookie tight ends to see which one works. And I was expecting him to get better this year, but obviously when the tight end room completely went down with COVID minus Tyler Croft before the Jets game, he had more people watching his health conditions. And that's probably what helped him help them discover this is that, you know, he was part of the reserve COVID list for a while and this is they were able to catch it so i mean let's uh you know hopefully everything everything gets better and he'll be back next year yeah that's all you can hope for is that this isn't something that'll yeah affect him for a long time and you know he gets better from it we don't have to worry about it so Mm -hmm. but good thing they caught it it's just that's it's just crazy that's what people were worried about and it finally happened so whoo who knows who else could be walking around with that, especially in the college level. Yeah. Man. Well, crazy. So the Cowboys canceled their practice today after their strength and conditioning coach, Marcus Paul, was rushed to the hospital after experiencing non-COVID medical emergency. He is undergoing tests today and hopefully recovers without issues. Yeah, I did hear about that. That was big news today. Yeah. I don't know why it was huge news. I, I guess that's it is a big deal that he's uh, rushed to the hospital because he's experienced some. I don't know what the issue is. They haven't talked about it. But. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to find what the exact medical issue was, but obviously we want to make sure he gets better first before we, you know, deep dive into everything that went wrong. But um, yeah, you know, rushed to you know, had a medical emergency. Cowboys medical personnel, you know. They tended to him at like 7.30 this morning, and by 8.30, he was in an ambulance on the way to the hospital because of the emergency of the situation. So I'd imagine that like it could be probably like a stroke or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, that's I what I would think. Mm-hmm. And I think – and I, I know the Cowboys players know what happened because, you know, Mike McCarthy told them, which is why they canceled practice. So it's very possible that it could have been something, you know, like a stroke – um, which is you know very serious for a lot, I mean, for everyone, but um, you know let's let's uh, hope he gets better soon. Godspeed, healthy recovery, and the Cowboys need to practice. So let's get back at that tomorrow. So here's my issue. This is the biggest thing I walked mm-hmm. away with after this week of football. <laughs> That's probably not true, but last night. Tom Brady did it again. Yeah. Not only did he lose a game, he refused to shake the hand of the quarterback that he lost to. Why can't Tom Brady just not be like this? (laughs) (laughs) Just because he he can go out there and he can shake the hand of Aaron Rodgers. He Mm -hmm. can go out there. He even... 
when he loses, he lost to the Saints. He can go out there and shake the hand of Drew Brees. He mm-hmm. can go out there and shake the hands of quarterbacks he's beaten. Yeah. Or he respects. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Nick Foles, because everyone said he didn't shake Nick's, Nick Foles' hand because yep. of COVID. He's out no. here shaking everyone else's hand, so that's an that's an irrelevant argument, right? And it wasn't the first time with Nick Foles either, so right in the Super Bowl, exactly. Mm-hmm. And now he did not go out and shake the hand of Jared Goff. Interesting. I understand you're frustrated, Tom. Your team is underperforming. You're <laughs> underperforming. <laughs> go and shake the hand of the opposing quarterback. Be you're a he's yeah. a veteran in this league. He's been in this league mm-hmm. for 20, 20 years, 20 plus years. He knows you go shake hands. He, like, you're not above everyone else where you can pick and choose who to shake hands with. <laughs> All right. Yeah. People might call you the goat, but that, that someone made a great argument on the Dan Patrick show today. Not argument, they just made a good point. When you have the title of goat you know mm-hmm. people can have that conversation elsewhere i don't care if you're called the goat yeah you have a responsibility with that title you know, when you go out onto that field and shake the hand of a younger quarterback like jared goff or someone mm-hmm. who might underperform but you know like nick Foles, someone who's just you know excited to be there you know he's never going to be great but he's just excited to be there right. that's a big moment for them to be able to go out there and shake hands with Tom Brady. Like, that's a moment. That's cool. Like, and yeah. then you get to exchange a couple words like, hey, good game. Like, that means a lot to a person like Jared Goff. But then you just snub him. That's like, that's got to hurt for Jared Goff, first right. and foremost. And that's just, no, that's just a bad move. Like, that takes my respect level for Jared, for Tom Brady like a lot lower. I don't understand why you can't just go out there, swallow your pride for 30 seconds, just to shake the hand of the opposing quarterback and say, good game. Hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty bad on Tom Brady's part. You know, I almost wonder if he didn't shake Jared Goff's hand in the Super Bowl. He won against the Rams, right? So, I, yeah. I feel like he did, though. I feel like because uh, he like he can shake the hands of quarterbacks he beaten. Right, <laughs> he doesn't care about that. But I also <laughs> so. wonder, like this year, it's been obvious, like more like, more noticeable, obviously, because like you know the Nick Foles history with Tom Brady. But like the Nick Foles just beat Tom Brady with, when the Bears played the Bucks. Like it wasn't like it was a blowout like the Saints, right? And the Rams, you know, they, they won by three. Like it was a close game coming out of the wire. So maybe it's those closer games that he's losing that he's so frustrated that he's like, I, I can't do it. I'll go, talk to, I'll go talk to somebody else. But still, at the same point, like you can talk to their lineman or their wide receiver, but you can't talk to the quarterback? Come on. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. And it, it, you, can't, you can't defend it. You right. might have been able to defend the Nick Foles one, like he beat you in the Super Bowl, you know, he mm-hmm. talks some smack, you know, he's like your kryptonite, all these things. Like, okay. Nick Foles might get under your skin. Right. Like it's Jared Goff, man. There's no more excuses. This is just you being butthurt. That's that's literally the only argument he has is he's right. butthurt, whether he wants to admit it or not. 
Antonio Brown led receiving in that game for the Bucks. Not surprised. He had like eight receptions, sixty some odd yards. It's not impressive stats, but he led the he led him in receiving, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, no one's really talking about him anymore. He's just kind of there. Who's what you? Pro- Excuse me, what he probably needs. They're one and two now with Antonio Brown on the roster. Ouch. I don't know. How's that working out for you there, Bruce Arians? I don't know. <laughs> He's getting his touches, though. <laughs> oh, this one's sad. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Joe Burrow. See, here's yeah. the thing. We'll, we'll get through this. right. Joe Burrow tore his ACL, his PCL, his MCL, and his meniscus in his left knee. They're they're saying nine to twelve months recovery mm-hmm. time. There's a very very likely possibility that Joe Burrow does not start the season next year for the Bengals. And even if he does, whenever he does return, you know he might never he might not be the same. Good, gr- granted, this is not his plant foot. Thank God, this is his left leg. So he doesn't he's not dropping back and planting on his right, you know, that's messed right. up. So he's got that going for him at least. Mm-hmm. But injuries like this, unless you have a mind of steel, like a mind of something stronger than steel, even like to get past this injury, mm-hmm. go through all that rehab and not think about it during a game, that's tough. Yeah, definitely. I mean I almost wonder how close this is to Teddy Bridgewater's injury. Yeah, I kind because of. that because Teddy was out for a long time, and you know, you know, Teddy that was basically tore. like a whole like a whole like what did that happen halfway through the Panthers season, and then or yeah, it was the Panthers, right? I think it was the Panthers. No, it wasn't the Panthers. For it Teddy? was the yeah, it was the Vikings. What team Vikings. was he on? Yeah, Vikings. He was on the Vikings, and it was like in the summer. At practice, he missed like two, almost two full seasons with that injury. That's what Joe's looking at. He's looking at maybe just pushing them. The Bengals might push him just to, you know, if he's ready by like week seven, you know, like, you know what? Let's not risk it. Let's just get you for 2022 and go on because we know he's the quarterback for the Bengals. You know, as long as everything, as long as everything, he rehabs everything well. He'll be the guy there. So then, you know, the Bengals got it. They got to finish the season out with whoever's behind him. I not a clue. They're gonna go and get Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Who knows? People are still making that argument. Oh my god! Uh, but you know, <laughs> the, the Bengals. You know, they could be looking for if they don't like what they have on the roster, and you look for them in free agency. Pick up a traveling veteran. You know, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick comes up to Cincinnati. You know, Tua's got a take it one on the chin there and, you know, suck it up buttercup. And maybe if Patrick's like, yeah, I'll go North for a little bit. You know, I got another young star over here. I got some time to play still. So that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Has Fitzpatrick ever played for the Bengals? Why do I feel like? Yes. I kind of feel like he has too. He's played for like over half the league. I don't <laughs> so <laughs> he's never been a Seahawk. I know that much. Maybe he should go there next. Oh, my my parents have said Tom needs to buck up. <laughs> Pun intended. But that's pretty good. That's a good one. 
They had Joe Burrow. But, you know, here's the other half of the story here. It happened against the Washington football team where the guy starting across from him is Alex Smith, who almost lost his leg, almost lost his life to a football injury. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he ends up getting the win. Alex Smith has returned from almost the grave to now win a game as the starter for a team. Yeah. I, I feel like that's that couldn't be more motivating right there for Joe yeah, exactly. Burrow to just to have that guy across the field from him when that happens. It's just a reminder, like he did it, so can yep. I. You know. I feel like that's true for anyone that might tear their ACL these days. If Alex you just put this is why ah God gonna get ahead of myself. This is why Alex Smith is with he has won a game now. It's over. Yeah. Like just just put it's done. Give mm-hmm. Alex Smith comeback player of the year. I will mm-hmm. not hear otherwise. He he threw in the week before he threw career high yardage, the most passes he's ever thrown in a game, and now he's won a game as a starter. That that's it. This guy almost died and now has won a football game. I will not hear otherwise. Mm-hmm. He is the comeback player of the year. <laughs> Put him on a pedestal. Make him the comeback player of the year award. Put like you know, like the Heisman. Ooh, yeah. Make make Alex Smith the award. Put his little statue of Alex Smith on there. He is the standard right now for comeback player of the year. And it, I feel like that's just motivation for any player ever. Definitely. To, to come back from an injury. If you tear an ACL, your career's not over. Alex Smith almost died. I can beat just a regular ACL injury. This is nothing. I can do this. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Big moment. Alex Smith overshadowed by the injury of Joe Burrow. I feel like a little bit. It's unfortunate. It is, but it's unfortunate for both of them. Yes. It's just, it was just an ugly day. Ugly day for yeah. that. Another one, Rex Burkhead. Here you go, Rex Burkhead. He's got motivation. Just look at Alex Smith. He'll be back. Rex Burkhead's season's over after his own knee injury against the Texans. Yeah. Is that yeah, a big said, deal? Uh, I, feel like, a little, I feel like it, it is. It is for the Patriots. You know, he's like one of their – he's one of their lead backs of their running back committee. Like, you know, he's – Cam Newton will look for him, I think, more majority of the time. Um, But – yeah, it's uh, you know he, he tweeted out today and he was like basically saying you know my season's over we're going to aim for next year, but because just the you know the severity of the knee injury and I don't know the full details of the knee injury but you know it's severe enough that it's, the timeline would be really be pushing it to try to come back this year so we'll let's try again next year. And this is the kind of this is the time of season where yep. getting a knee injury mm-hmm. is like. You're, you're might not even make it back for the start of next season because that's what happened to Rashad Penny for the Seahawks. He got he tore his ACL week 13 or 14. He's mm-hmm. still not back. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and that affects a team. So you have to like game plan for that yeah. for the next year. That's why the Seahawks went out and got Carlos Hyde because we knew Penny wasn't going to be back. Mm-hmm. So now the that's what the that's what's up against the Patriots right now. They don't have Rex Burkhead. They still have Sony Michelle, I guess. He's just non existent these days. He was right. a first round draft pick. Oh boy, that was a bust. <laughs> then James White's still there. Just yeah. He's just a wide receiver that comes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine if they really want to try and make a playoff push, they're gonna be trying to find a free agent, but I think their I think their season's over. 
Yeah. I, I, a lot of people say don't bet against Bill Belichick, but I, that's a, that's a bet. Speaking of bets, I wrote my, I wrote a betting article last week. Yeah. I make, it's an article where I do a three leg parlay. I just pick three things that I think are going to happen based off of stats, mm-hmm. general football knowledge, matchup history, whether that be money line, over, under, whatever. Whatever three things I pick, that's what the article's about. I went 0 for 3. <laughs> yeah, he tried. <laughs> that, that feels. That's why I do not bet. If anyone wants to understand why I don't gamble, <laughs> I went 0 for 3. So I think I picked... I picked the Falcons to cover the spread, which was three and a half. They got blown out. Mm-hmm. I picked the Lions straight up. Obviously, they got <laughs> blanked. And I picked the Titans and Ravens to be under 46 and a half. And they, and if it was at 46 until they went to overtime. Oh. So if they would have tied, I would have got that one right. But right. <laughs> obviously, the Titans score and that goes over. So 0 for 3. Feels bad, man. Ouch. Feels feels bad. Uh, no article this week, like I said, but that, that was a fun article to write and keep track of to see if I do well. So not this week. Next week I'll be doing that again. Uh, and my my parents said I did my best. There you go. That's all you can. That's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you, I put a disclaimer in that article saying don't bet money on my stuff. If you do, <laughs> it's not my fault. The week five. Mm. Oh, the Stop. five. <laughs> now I'm all over the place. Oh. The five week 15 to be determined games that the NFL could schedule on Saturday, 1219 or Sunday, 1220 have been decided. The bills at the Broncos will be 430 PM on Saturday, 1219 along with the Panthers at the Packers at 815 PM on the NFL network. Yeah. Neither one of those games excite me. Well, the Bills Broncos makes me excited because the Bills should win. Well, well, if if you're not a Bills or Broncos fan, <laughs> right, you're not, not much excited. there. Yeah, I mean, if that was Seahawks versus Jets, I'd say I'm excited. But yeah, but it's Saturday game. Saturday games are fun. Yeah, just having having football all weekend is just a blessing. I love it. Have, Saturday football, NFL football is great. It's nice. And the Panthers at the Packers. I'm a little bit more excited about that. If Teddy Bridgewater yeah. and Chris McCaffrey are back, if they can mm-hmm. beat the Packers, that would be cool. So that one excites cool. me a little bit more. That was a close game last year. Panthers at Packers last year? Yeah, Kyle Allen almost won the game, but you know that How do you remember that? Because it was a snow game. You know, it was like one of those bonus coverage games you get at the end of the like I don't know, I don't I can't tell you what game I was watching, but I do remember them going to this game and Kyle Allen drove down the field with just like these crazy passes and just couldn't get done on the fourth down to the Aww. end zone. That's interesting. I don't know how you're, I guess it's because you actually watched it live happen. I do not remember that game. Yeah. But I guess it's because you saw it. I guess mm-hmm. I did. I guess I missed that one. Who knows? And then the other three games were Lions at Titans, Jets at Rams, and Texans at Colts. All of those are terrible. Will most likely be played on Sunday. Yeah, so there's no there's no set times for those games, um, but they're most they're gonna be on Sunday. Um, the NFL had an option to do a triple header on Saturday if there was enough 
buzz for these other three games. There's not. If they'd put them at like one o'clock. It'd be one, four, and eight. Um, because there's nothing there. There's nothing there. They just do the four <laughs> and the eight game. Uh, eight eight o'clock games. Um, I would imagine the majority of these games are all probably one o'clock. Well, Jets at Rams is probably four. Yeah, yeah. Because it's on the West Coast. Um, but yeah, Lions, Titans, Dex and the Colts. Those should be one o'clock games. No big whoop from there. No, though, especially since the both of the worst teams are on the road. Lions right. and Titans. Lions suck on the road. Texans at Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely looking like a couple of one o'clock snoozers. Yeah. We should be able to know next Tuesday for the week 16 games that are to be determined. We should find out because it's the NFL has said that they will sit well, announce it no later than four weeks before game day. The Seahawks should be getting scheduled that I think we play the Rams that week. Or, Is that a TBD game? I'm not sh- I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd have to look into it. I know the Bills aren't because the Bills are Monday night that week. Oh. In week 16. Who are they playing? Do you know? Patriots. Oh, that's well, that. So I love how at the beginning of the year, everyone's like that week 16 Patriots matchup. That's going to be the one. <laughs> Yikes. That didn't pan out. Oh, yeah. But, you know, this I was surprised that the Bills went to 430 on Saturday because another prime time for them. Every game in December is prime time. That's exciting for you. Because like this weekend coming up, we have the Chargers, which is still November. So it's not December. But oh, then. Okay. The first weekend in December, Monday night against San San Fran. Then Sunday night against the Steelers. That's going to be solid. Saturday night against the Broncos. Nice. And then after Christmas, it'll be Monday night against the Patriots. Wow. So December is prime time for the Bills right now. <laughs> you better look out for one of those getting flexed. Yeah. I keep an eye on that. <laughs> like that. That uh, Bills Patriots one doesn't look as sexy as it did at the beginning of the year. <laughs> no, but they'll still play it though. Yeah, they if, will. They played Patriots Jets. They're gonna play Bills Patriots. I think the one was the San Fran and the Bills. That's the one you had to worry about. Yeah, I think that's the one. But it's a Monday. It's a Monday night though. I thought they. Oh, no, that's really, hard. They don't. They don't normally flex the Monday night games. No, you can't flex Monday night. The Sunday night they will, but the, at the Monday night. Especially since that's like only two weeks away. You'd have to do that in a couple weeks in advance. Yeah, probably two weeks ago. Yeah. And the last piece of news here is the f- there's four first-year eligible players uh, for the Hall of Fame class of 2021. They are Peyton Manning, Calvin Megatron Johnson, Charles Woodson, and Jared Allen are among the 25 semifinalists. The others, we got Eric Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Cornelius Bennett, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Alan Fenneca, Rodney, okay. <laughs> Rodney Harrison, Tori Holt, John Lynch, Clay Matthews, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Steve Tasker. Hey, yeah. Steve Tasker, Fred Taylor, Zach Thomas, Heinz Ward, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson, and Bryant Young. Well, I'll tell you right now, three of those for three of those four first year eligible players are getting in. Yep. But are they though? Is Calvin Johnson going to get in year one with his short lived career? It was an amazing career. It was, it was but it was years, short. Though. Does he get first ballot? 
Oh boy. I know Jared Allen's not getting in. Jared Allen was right. a great player, but he's not first battle hall of fame worthy. If he gets in, I'd be upset. So <laughs> yeah. But Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, obvious locks. Yep. Calvin Johnson's a question mark. I could see it going both ways, but I kind of want him to wait a year. Yeah. Like it's just when you only play eight seasons, mm-hmm. that makes a tough argument. Like you could be dominant for those eight years, but that's a tough argument to make to get him in there. Especially when he was on the 0-16 Detroit Lions. Right. That doesn't help either. And then you got people like, you know, Steve Tasker should probably, he should have been in there a while ago. He's been trying for years. Special teamers just don't make the Hall of Fame. That's tough. John Lynch should be in there. Mm -hmm. Heinz Ward, that's another tough one. Reggie Wayne should be in there. Patrick Willis should be in there. There's a lot of other great candidates on here, and if you're going to put your vote towards someone else, Calvin Johnson, I don't know. That's tough. I think yeah. he should be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't know if it's worth putting him in for first ballot. That's my opinion. Well, I feel like he won't get first ballot just because of the fact that Tory Holt, Heinz Ward, and Reggie Wayne didn't get in first first try. That's fair, yeah. And those guys, I mean, Heinz Ward is... He's still just iffy, anyways. I don't right. know. If he's, I don't know if he gets in even this year or next year or any. I yeah. I think he'll get in, but he needs a lot of people to get in before him. Mm-hmm. But Reggie Wayne, yeah, that's tough. Rodney Harrison's in there. I just, yeah, I don't. I just don't think it's Calvin Johnson's year. I think he's got to wait. Yeah. But you know, at least he's eligible this year. So yeah, you know, it's the if he doesn't get this year, you know, look at next year for sure. Yeah, I, I would say I would say so. Yeah, that's, that's I feel like true. it's very, also very interesting. Like I feel like for me at least, these are like players that I saw play. Yes, like it's not <laughs> we're like finally we're getting, getting into that point. Yeah, we're getting the two thousands players. Yeah, like, I saw them play live. Like it's not like you're watching this old footage from like nineteen seventy. Right. Like, was it? This guy was good. Okay, sure enough. Okay, sure. Why not? Right. <laughs> We're finally entering that period where we can start making valid arguments for Hall of Famers. Yep. That's so exciting, but also yeah. disappointing at the same time because we're old. <laughs> like even just sitting here and being like, "Yeah, Zach Thomas, R- Richard Seymour." I don't even know who these people are. I didn't watch these people play. You didn't? Alan Fanenka? I don't even know who that is. Alan Fanenka was an offensive lineman for the Steelers. Zach Thomas was a linebacker for the Dolphins, from what I remember watching him. So him against the Bills, I always knew that. Oh, okay, that's fair. Richard Seymour was... The name rings a bell. Is he a Raider? Patriots. Ah, oh, okay. And then Raider. Okay, so he was with the Raiders. Okay. Yep. It sounds familiar. Yeah. No, he did go to the Raiders... Um, there, you know, Fred Taylor running back for the Jaguars when yeah, they I first know Fred Taylor and uh, Cornelius Bennett is another Buffalo Bill uh, linebacker. So him and Steve Tasker are the two bit bills in this one. Um, I feel like I'm I running know out of people. Rondé Barber is one that people always talk about. Yep. Safety corner for the Bucks. I don't know um, if he's good enough. See, I, I always hear this constant argument about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. starting to get watered down a little bit 
And this is right. And I, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree about the hall of fame starting to maybe get watered down. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a lot of old people that are getting butt hurt by some of the players that make it in because their style of play might be different than how, what they played 40 years ago. But right. I kind of agree that some of these names just kind of sit there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lackluster class that comes in and then the people right. have to vote and they're like, ah, eh, well, I guess these people aren't that great, so I guess I'll just vote for this guy, and then they get in. Although they're probably not, you know, Hall of Fame worthy. Right. When yeah. you think about Hall of Fame, you think of the best of the best. Yeah. And sometimes, best of the best, just they, you know, people that aren't the best of the best get in. That's just the facts. Unfortunately, yeah. but that's that's a that's just the facts for every Hall of Fame. Oh know. yeah. That's just how it is. So it's just a matter of how it's an opinion based thing. You have to look at someone in the Hall of Fame yourself and be like, yeah, I agree with that or I don't. They're going to get in regardless and they're going to be able to put on the jacket and be like, I'm a Hall Mm -hmm. of Famer, but I'm allowed to sit here and go, "Eh, are you, though? (laughs) So that's just that's just me, though. Um, But yeah, that'll get that'll get uh, knocked down a couple people throughout the year. Yeah. I don't know when I don't know when they make their cuts. I don't know the exact dates. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I know well, if everything goes to plan in August, they go into the Hall of Fame. Right. So I would think by April they would know. What do they cut it down sure. to? Who do they cut it down for the finalists? Say like 25 to who? Is it or 10? Is it, just, is it 10? These are some dense based think, on voting. Yeah. I think so. There goes beer number one. Oh, that was <laughs> by the way, that was Joy to Ale by Sarah. Oh, nice. Which it's a very this is a very good beer. There's another one in that pack that I didn't like. I had Big Moose. Big Moose, I think it's a winter ale. That was not No? That's not my flavor. That was not very good. Just for like me, a, personal preference. I bet I'd like it. It was an it was they label it an ale. But it was very hoppy. Oh, okay. It was like a hoppy ale, and I just it just didn't. Yeah. It was a weird combination. I'm gonna drink the rest of them, but mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, but it wasn't. It wasn't my. It wasn't my flavor of the month. It's just a personal preference. Nice. We do have our off the field MVP. We know before we get to that, I had a terrible week of picks. I got count them five predictions right. <laughs> Oh, that's five. That's rough. Five, I went from 12 and two to five and whatever. Five and nine. Five. That's got to be a, that's got to be a, that's a, I feel like that's like a record worst for me. I must that's, have gone eight and six. I think you went one higher, nine and five. I think. Yeah, because you were at 52 before. So yeah, nine and five. Okay. So All you right. caught up. You almost caught up. You're yeah. one. Short. You know, I picked a couple of games against you, and those panned out. <laughs> every yeah. single one. Every single out. one of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember going through last week's picks, like on the Thursday show, and yeah. there was more than usual that we differed. I was like, "This will yeah. be an interesting week. I'm either gonna really <laughs> open up the gap, right, or you could catch right back up in one week." And man. Whew, Caught, <laughs> caught right back up. Yeah, if I if I didn't flip the to the Bengals, 
I would have caught up. You flipped to the Bengals. I flipped to the Bengals. You know, I was doing some some deep reading Sunday morning, and I was like, ugh. I just feel, you know, the Bengals That's might. the stuff that gets you in trouble, the reading. That is the stuff. And that then. gets you in trouble. Yeah, I expected the Bucks to win last night, but, man, I wish I would have picked the Rams. <laughs> they were just it playing was, so much better. It was about maybe midday on Monday. Yeah. And I just, I got this gut feeling like. I, I feel like I should pick the Rams. It was too late. I wasn't yeah. going to go back and change my pick because we submit them on Sunday. Right. But I just had this gut feeling like it yep. wasn't like convincing. Mm-hmm. I just kind of thought in prime time, the Bucks really haven't showed up. And here we are. <laughs> they, they did not perform last night. Did you yeah. see? I will talk about the games later. I was, I was about to say something about that game. <laughs> they got our off the field MVP, which is. 49ers defensive tackle or defensive end. Um, I think I, he's a defensive tackle. I think he's okay. I think he defensive lineman. Player. Defensive line. Very good. Well played. <laughs> Eric Armstead. He has been named the Week 10 NFL PA Community MVP after hosting his latest story time with Eric Armstead, where he reads to students in his hometown of Elk Grove, California. Since launching it in May, the virtual program has impacted more than 440 kids internationally. This month, which is why he won the award, Armstead has virtually engaged with 21 classes of students in the first through fourth grade, impacting 15 different school districts from Sacramento to Qatar, Qatar, which is like in the Middle East, isn't it? Qatar, yeah. That's that's far away with yeah. stories focused on black history, equality, courage, and earth day. Nice. Uh, let's just stop right there. That's kind of a weird selection, right? Black history, equality, courage, and earth day. All things how, good. How does that fit in there? <laughs> I guess you got to break up the cur- curriculum with some earth. Yeah, day. there you go. But I guess. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm all for it. Do the right it's, thing. That's a that's a theme of all of this. <laughs> do the, okay. Yeah. Hey. All right. I'm I'm all right with that. Okay. That's a fair argument. Earth Day. I haven't celebrated Earth Day in forever. Go pick up some trash. <laughs> I just don't litter, so I don't have to worry right, about exactly. it. The six-year veteran is passionate about working with youth, especially in his home state of California. Founded in 2019, the Armstead Academic Project. AAP ensures public school students have access to a quality education while providing them with the resources they need to thrive and be successful, regardless of their background or socioeconomic status. So far, the foundation has poured $200,000 back into the community, hosted more than 1,000 underserved youth at four, at four free football camps, and raised $50,000 in funds to provide 350 Chromebooks, resources, and one year of prepaid internet to students for distance learning at Sacramento's Mercy Housing. Oh, that's awesome. That's a lot. It's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Eric Armstead, everybody. Love to see that. It's the Chromebook one that always gets me. Like the past couple of weeks, we've had people mm-hmm. have won this award, do that kind of stuff, providing internet and Chromebooks. I yeah. just. And New York, I, I know I kind of think about it. New York did something really cool today where they're actually providing for free um, to I think it's some kind of I'm sure it has to do with income, but it also deals with maybe area 
They're providing high speed free broadband internet to kids that are lear- that are e-learning. Oh nice. Like everywhere. I don't know how that works. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. like a grant and they pay like right. the, the the internet companies to like provide that internet to each home. So New nice. York State is doing that. Well played. There well you go. Done. So you can't say Governor Cuomo's all bad. He's doing, you know. <laughs> he signed off on that. That's a pretty good thing. Yeah. It's a very good thing. So Eric Armstead. That's a lot of good stuff he did there. Um I, I we're we're trying to work out something for the month of December. Mm-hmm. We just have to pick what is next Tuesday, December? Yes. It's December 1st. So we have one week to figure out who we're going to raise money for for the month of December. I have like ideas I need to contact. I'm, I'm going to be busy this week because mm-hmm. I want to do this because I was um, inspired by mm-hmm. Strikeout Beer because they raised $1,000 for the North the North Texas Food Bank mm-hmm. in like the blink of an eye. So that's, but they did a lot that's of cool awesome. stuff that we don't do. So I'm trying to copy yeah. them a little bit. I'll admit it. I'll just copy them. They're, they did a lot of great stuff. <laughs> so I want to. I'm just trying to figure out what we want to work with. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to one up them and go based off of something that our friend Matt suggested that we go and volunteer to the place oh. that we raise the money for. Yeah. So I'm going to one up strikeout beer. There you go. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we like what, for like an example, we thought about the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. And then we can go and, you know, donate blood like on a certain day. Yeah. Just an idea. So very true. You know, just just ideas, throwing it out there. So that'll be our that'll be our project for the next week. Trying to figure that. And we'll let everybody know what the what the plan is come December first, which is next Tuesday. Yeah. All right. And that brings us to That's week zero. Week 11. It's wrong on the notes. There we go. Week 10. Week 11. Recap. I, I, types, I typed wrong. I just made the banner right there. <laughs> I, I always forget to update the banner. Oh, yeah. Week 11. Recap. And in my first reaction come Sunday evening was that was a weird week of football. I guess that's probably yeah. why I went five and five and nine <laughs> with my picks. Yeah, is because it, it just to me it just felt like a weird week, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it all started with the Seahawks actually beating the Cardinals. Yeah, Seahawks defense came up big. Yeah, you know, in their first meeting, mm-hmm. the Seahawks defense didn't lay a single finger on Kyler Murray. They didn't get a QB mm-hmm. hit. They didn't get a sack. They got nothing. And then here comes week 11. They get, I think it was four sacks, bunch of pressure, constant pressure. Kyler Murray was uncomfortable, kind of got hurt at one point. AC sprain early in the game. Yeah. People say that affected his performance. I would agree, but that's here, neither here nor there. Right. But the defense had easily its best performance of the season. Like, not even, not even near argue. You can't even argue that point by any means. There's no, not even a game that came close. Mm-hmm. What they just did against the Cardinals, and it all ended with a on fourth down a Carlos Dunlap sack. 
who obviously came over just recently from the Bengals. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't realize how big he was. Like, yeah, he's quite big. Carlos Dunlap is number 43. And let me tell you, you can find number 43 pretty fast <laughs> on that defensive line. Like when he suited up for his first game, I was like, who in the hell is that? Like, that's Carlos Dunlap. Oh, my God. He's like six foot nine. He's a big boy. I did not realize that. Yeah. Didn't lot, didn't watch a lot of Bengals football back in the day, so I didn't see a lot of Carlos Dunlap. That's a big man. Yeah. He had two sacks in that game. One early on, and then the one to end it. And I guess Russell Wilson played okay. I don't know. The offense, they put up 28 points. Yeah, they, they played. I thought they played okay. I didn't think it was spectacular. I think it was they played complementary to the defense playing better. And that's what the Seahawks needed this this year um, was to get that complementary football back on that team. So I feel like that's that's very similar to what they've done in the past. Right. Is like you know, in the Legion of Boom, complementary offense. You know, now it, 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 it's gone away. The offense has had a spike in performance, and then now we're seeing that transition back a little bit. You know, Carlos Dunlap doesn't solve all the defensive problems, but it surely helps. Yeah, and I just saw an update before the show that a lot of the injured Seahawks are making their way back. Like oh, even better. Shaquille Griffin is finally practicing again. Uh-huh. Car- uh, Chris Carson, running back, is starting to practice again. So nice. They're getting healthy at the right time yeah. as they enter as they enter a very supposedly easy stretch of their schedule. Playing some NFC East teams, they play the Jets, <laughs> and then they end the season kind of rough with. I think they got to play the Rams and Niners to end it. But they play okay. the Eagles this week. I think they play the Giants and then the Jets. So it's an easy stretch. Yeah, it could help them a lot right now. Uh, but yeah, but you just I, what I love to see, you know, I love to see Russell be able to cook. But the mm-hmm. Seahawks took it too far for that in that stretch where he threw like ten interceptions. It took right. it too far. Yeah. They're asking him to throw like forty times, mm-hmm. and they had no run game. Granted, that's because some of the running backs were injured. But they kind of took that too far. They were throwing it 40 times a game, running at 10. That's not going to work for any team in the right. NFL. So they finally got Carlos Hyde back, and they basically just 50-50 split passes and rushes, and it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to run heavy. I don't want them to pass heavy. I just need you to be in the middle. Just call an even game plan, and then mix up your play calling too. You can't just run it on first <clears throat> down every time because then you become the yeah. Ravens. <laughs> you know, you have to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So the Seahawks, are, I think they're finally finding some kind of offensive groove, especially getting their running backs back. And then mm-hmm. for the Cardinals, I really think it was just the Seahawks defense clamping down and Kyler Murray just didn't look like himself. Yeah. You know, he, he you know, messed up the shoulder a little bit. And, you know, you see him kind of throwing on the sideline wincing and like he, it's uncomfortable. He's uncomfortable in that spot. But I also was a little surprised that like the rest of the team didn't help carry him. Like it kind of fell more on more. It felt it like fell more on Kyler Murray's shoulders the farther the game went along, and which is why you saw the last play. Like he's trying to scramble, trying to you know get the big play, but Carlos gets him. Um, I don't. I don't know. Not to take anything from the Seahawks defense, but the Cardinals came out 
to me a little bit more on the flat side. You know, it's yeah, like like they had that first they had two that drives hangover. were three and O's, I think. Three and yeah. outs. So it's like, they, it's like they had that hangover because they got all that hype from the Bills game. And the Seahawks took advantage of it. And it's good because as you see, this is now going to make the NFC West a very competitive division right now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate all the injuries that happened with the 49ers because if they were in mm-hmm. this mix too at full strength, oh yeah, this would probably be the best division in football in history. Yeah, it'd be hard to argue that it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, these could these could easily be teams that could be nine wins or more throughout the entire division. And I just say nine wins because you have to lose some division games at least. I mean, there could right. be it could be double digit wins across the board. Maybe I don't know that. I mean, it could happen. I don't know if it would, mm-hmm. but it'd be pretty crazy. That would but be crazy. It was a good game. Seahawks win, and we're actually going to take a quick break catch our breath real quick i'm just gonna play the intro again and then we'll cover the rest of the games and do predictions and that'll that's our show this is the new format welcome to the format folks we should probably create a new intro thing for like the intermission yeah i gotta come up, come up with something yeah we're gonna, gonna work on that too busy week ahead of us all right <laughs> be back momentarily got to drink like half my beer feel good <laughs> there you go all i'm rehydrated catch my breath all right just pick up where we left off more week 11 recap that'll be a fun little interesting transition i'll have to edit that in the actual podcast it's gonna be it's gonna be weird <laughs> i'll figure that out all right the titans beat the ravens just got done talking about this with one of my bets off that article went mm-hmm. into overtime Oh, boy. Talk about a game where this could just sink the Ravens. I feel like this is the one that could just really put the nail in the coffin for the Ravens just from a moral standpoint, a morale standpoint. Right. The Titans could have easily lost this game. Ravens were in a rhythm, but the defense kind of clamped down, Mm -hmm. and Derrick, Derrick Henry was literally unstoppable come fourth quarter in overtime and i see here that you propose the question how does derrick henry get better later in the game like he literally runs faster and blows people over in the fourth quarter than he does the entire game i'm curious if he just i don't want to say he's holding back right he might start out the game strong. Yep. And then depending on the pace of the game, he kind of eases up in the middle yep. of it and then just puts the gas back down at the end. Like I wonder if he has a throttle like that or if he le- really is just that strong he can just go 100. Just keeps going, yeah. I, I mean that's a possibility. Either way, like that's the conditioning he does. Right. Like you got to have your body conditioned to be able to do any of that. And but he takes like- hits. This yeah. is a big man. He doesn't avoid contact by anyone. Oh, he'll run you over. Yeah. Or throw you down. <laughs> yeah, Josh Norman figured that one out. <laughs> he got thrown. He, Josh Norman got thrown down, like, and he got put on IR for like four weeks. I got COVID, coach. I just got that stiff arm still. still. Oh, yeah, it's COVID. It's COVID. Yeah, no. I just... <laughs> it's the hammy. <laughs> yeah, Derrick Henry was electric. I think he had like 130 yards rushing. Won it. I think he's the one who won it in OT. Mm-hmm. 
Like I'm yep. gonna be straight. I'm gonna be straight up. I did not watch a lot of football on Sunday. Yeah, it was a very busy day. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I was able to catch like the general gist of all the games and yeah. kind of you know stats and highlights. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> I did I not did find out it. until when did I do it? I think it was Sunday night. Mm-hmm. It, it was like halfway through the Sunday night game when I realized <laughs> that the Cowboys beat the Vikings. I thought the Vikings won that game, and I was mm-hmm. scrolling through the scores. I was like, holy crap, Cowboys beat the Vikings. <laughs> it happened four hours ago, but I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing with the Ravens, this is a huge blow to their morale, mm-hmm. especially the way they were playing. They were finally, It finally felt like their offense was clicking, mm-hmm. and then they got shut down, and they end up losing the game. And then they leave this game, and they have COVID. And they're on a short week, and they got to go and play the Steelers, which is just yeah. going to be terrible. This is this is this is bad for them. Now, the good thing for them is they have the easiest schedule in the NFL moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like they play the Bengals to finish out the season. They got a you know the Cowboys who are playing a little better than like as of late. They just I don't know their entire schedule, but they have the easiest schedule moving forward in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't think that helps them. I think no. it would have been better if they had tougher opponents to face to maybe push them. Because if they do, let's say they lose the Steelers and they win out, they'd be six and five, win out to go eleven and five, like at best. And then they mm-hmm. make the playoffs and it's another first round exit because they they just didn't play quality people to finish other season to push them to make them better. Go ahead right. and beat crappy teams. No one cares. No one's going to respect you. You're not yeah. going to be better for it. You know, if mm-hmm. they can beat the Steelers, then holy cow, like that'd be amazing. I would kind of maybe think they found their groove, mm-hmm. but I think playing lesser teams is not going to help them if they do make the playoffs. If. Right. And that's a big if because, you know, they, it's, a, it's a blow to their morale, but they are skating on such thin ice right now. You know, losing to the Chiefs, expected. Losing to the Steelers, okay, they're on a, they're on a roll. Possibly they lose again this week. Who knows? More than likely, but you never know. Um, losing to the Patriots, I think, was probably one of the biggest blows that they've taken. But then the amount of scrappiness that happened in this game, like they were both teams were playing so scrappy and so like not like eh, chippy kind of you know or. They're just like on edge. Like seventies. It was like like seventies football. Yeah. Like when they started the game off with John Harbaugh and Mike Rabel going at it, yelling at each other in the middle of the field after the coin toss, you know it's gonna be a pretty intensive game. <laughs> yeah, Nate, that's exactly what it was. I mean it, yeah. it also helps when you have Derrick Henry. Right. You know, it hel- it helps bring the intensity factor up a little bit when you have to try and tackle a guy mm-hmm. like that. Normally, when you have to tackle Derrick Henry, the practices that you hold before are pretty high intense. Like you're out there trying to tackle boulders yep. just for practice to try and strengthen yourself. You know, hey, right. go hit that rock over there with your shoulder pads. It's because <laughs> that's what it's going to feel like. Yeah, you know, the Ravens' offense. You know, they got something over the middle. That was kind of like a, a weak spot that's been known for the Tennessee defense is over that you know that middle slant route. You know, Mark Andrews had a couple good catches there for the Ravens. But other than that, 
they didn't do a ton. You know, J.K. Dobbins had a couple of good runs, but it seemed, you know, just thinking about it right now and recalling the game in my head, the Ravens, it doesn't, they don't, they just rotate their running backs. They, they, right. It's on schedule. It's not how the game's going. It's, all right, you're going in now. All right, now you're going in. doesn't matter if they're playing good or not. It's just automatic rotation. And they, it's like automatic rotation of plays. And that's not good for the Ravens. That's not good for Lamar Jackson. And that was one of the big topics this weekend I saw was has the league figured out Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. They figured him out. Yeah. It's over. He's done. The jig is up. (laughs) Yep. Unless he can develop some magical passing ability. And Mm -hmm. I will, I'll, I'll give him one small sliver of benefit of the doubt that those wide receivers are not good. Marquise right. Brown had several drops in this game. Mm-hmm. So, and this is what I've been screaming for, especially in the draft this past season. Mm-hmm. Going out and Des Bryant does nothing for you. It's fun. It's cool. It's Des Bryant. The dude mm-hmm. is a dinosaur. All right. He hasn't played <laughs> right. in like two years. Just let him die in peace. Don't bring Des Bryant into your crappy organization. <laughs> all right. They didn't go out and draft a wide receiver. They did nothing to help their actual need. Because mm-hmm. if they can open up their playbook and have these outside-the-number kind of plays and you take things out of the middle of the field, you make defenses start guessing again, then okay, fine. But even if they do draft that wide receiver, they bring in that big-name wide receiver in free agency, a trade, whatever the case may be, Lamar Jackson still needs to make those throws. Mm-hmm. And none of us have seen that he has the ability to do that on a consistent basis. A consistent basis. Do not right. come to me with your three examples of good passes he's made. <laughs> no. That is not consistent over three seasons. <laughs> Did you see last year that pass to Marquise Brown in between three players? Every blind squirrel finds a nut, buddy. <laughs> if you just chuck it down there every once in a while, someone's <laughs> going to catch it. So don't come to me with your three examples of good passes. That's the most annoying thing people can do. Mm-hmm. And they do it. They do it very often. <sighs> the Panthers beat the Lions. Mm-hmm. I'll give the Lions this. Marvin Jones Jr. did catch a touchdown pass deep down the field, and it was a good catch and a good pass, but it was called back for holding on the offensive line. So that would have been their point if it wasn't right. for a penalty. Yeah, but the end end score was zero points. I didn't realize they were going to miss DeAndre Swift that much. That much. That was kind yeah. of surprising to me. And what was even more surprising was that Carryon Johnson did nothing. Mm-hmm. The Panthers' run defense is not great. It's not the best by right. any means. Mm-hmm. Carryon Johnson last year was looking electric until he got injured and his season ended. And maybe he's just not back. Maybe he's thinking about his knee, but he mm-hmm. played pretty bad. So I guess that might have been where they were lacking. You know, Kenny Galladay was out. TJ mm-hmm. Hopkins has been has a nagging injury he's been dealing with. Yeah. Matthew Stafford has a thumb injury. You can come up with excuses all day. They scored zero points. Mm-hmm. And that's just straight up embarrassing. But our boy yeah. PJ Walker. PJ Walker is six and zero. Oh. When he plays professional football and gets the start. Yeah. 5-0 and in the XFL and 1-0 and with the Panthers. Suck on that, haters. 
No, I, I it's, it's it's great because you know this really solidifies that quarterback room for Matt Rule right now. Oh like, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about PJ Walker. You know, if Teddy goes down again, you know, there's no concern there anymore. If anything happens, it's, it happens at Bridgewater because he knows he has a backup quarterback there that can get the job done. I'm not. I'm like. I'm not in love with PJ. Like, I'm right. not going to say he played lights out and. Like mm-hmm. could be a starter down the road. Like he had two interceptions, one touchdown pass. You know he was able to use his legs. He got the ball to where it needed to be. Yeah, I think he was serviceable, kind mm-hmm. of in a like kind of similar to a Taysom Hill role. We'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, he did well. I'm not going to say he won the game because he mm-hmm. also made his fair share of mistakes. But for his first NFL start, yeah, man, couldn't be happier for him. And it's, he's yeah. lucky that he has people like Mike Davis around him and DJ Moore, Rev Robbie Anderson to catch passes. That helps too. Mm-hmm. Who's the tight end for the Panthers? I'll give you a fifty bucks on the spot if you can name the tight end for the Panthers. <laughs> I can tell you who was. <laughs> who, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty easy. Well, he's on IR now too, yeah. Greg Olson. He's yeah. See, it could be career ending almost. Yeah, you just. I would. I kind of would just like to walk up to Greg Olson and just say, "Okay, go do your commentary. Like, do your yeah. television co- contract now." Yeah, just move on, dude. It's time to. It's time to go. Yeah, but he was he was playing well. It's kind of it's sad to see, but it's mm-hmm. it's time to go. The Browns beat the Eagles. Hey yo, yeah. If my parents are still here, turn away. No. <laughs> the Eagles lost 22 to 17. The Browns defense, even without Miles Garrett, still got a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz, which is you know generally to be expected because it's mm-hmm. just it's the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> They're off. Carson Wentz, I believe, is the second most sacked quarterback in the league behind Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know who number three is? Joe Burrow. Oof. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. But, you know, the running backs also showed up. You know, Cream Hunt didn't really show up. Yeah, because he had negative yardage, but touchdown. Yeah. He didn't really <laughs> show up. Nick Chubb did. Nick Chubb played oh, yeah. great. It was funny because every time I, I watch the Red Zone channel when it comes mm-hmm. to football, every time they put the Browns game on, it was Kareem Hunt running the ball. I, I'm not even joking. I don't think I watched one Nick. I, at one point, thought Nick Chubb got hurt. I I said that to myself. I was like, is yeah. is he is he out of the game? Where, mm-hmm. where is Nick? Why is Kareem Hunt getting all these runs? He even, because at one point, they were on like the two-yard line, and Kareem Hunt took three straight snaps into the, red, into the end zone. Yeah. Like, Where's Nick Chubb? Why is Cream Hunt taking goal line snaps? What is happening? Because <laughs> I, th- I thought he there. got hurt. I thought he was hurt. <laughs> Apparently not. He ran for over 100 yards. He was great, but yeah. I never saw yeah, one carry. Yeah, a great run, too. Like, this is like, you know, stiff arm, one of the Eagles defenders, and he just plows over a couple other Eagles defenders running down the sideline, like, angry run all day. Like, Nick Chubb is going to be at Cleveland Brown for a while, I bet. Can you really call them Eagles defenders? People wearing Eagles uniforms. There you go. All right. And they're playing defense. All right. Or they're on the defensive side of the ball. There we go. There we go. That's good. Their defense is supposed to be good. That's supposed to be the strong point of the team, especially their run defense. Mm -hmm. Like their front seven is supposed to be their strength. Right. 
what happened to that? Well, yeah. Nick, Nick Chubb happened to that. No one can stop <laughs> Nick. Oh my god, he's so good. Oh, uh, I got and we got I got two points here. Okay, for post post game conferences. Mm-hmm. So you you put down Carson Wentz needs to be benched, especially after he said it is what it is in a post game press conference. That's really his reaction after taking a loss, huh? Yep. I didn't even hear that one because I was focused on another one. That was part of it, and he was like, he it was like, yeah, it is what it is. I'm gonna put my head down. You guys can say whatever you want. I'm gonna just kind of keep working. I'm like, what? You just got your bleep kicked by the Browns, who scored me 20 fantasy points on defense. Just an FYI. Yeet. <laughs> And this is your reaction, how you, you played so poorly all year. That's not acceptable for an NFL team to be like that. NFL player. The leader of a locker room, your yeah. quarterback, is just like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, bring Jalen Hurts in. This is a new guy following over at Twitch. Oh, nice. Nonetheless. Twitch, man, that's sweet. Thanks for thanks for tuning in on our Twitch channel. It's kind of new. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh Dark Sage 9117. I'm going to give an unpopular opinion, but I stand by this and believe this needs to be said. Okay. Let me know what it is because he hasn't sent it yet. I'll wait for it. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. the other post, the post game conference that was said was this one just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure this out. I, I couldn't understand. Doug Peterson, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm trying to figure out what to do with my hands because it's so upsetting. <laughs> If you're watching a live stream, I'm like over here like ah. um Doug Peterson said he will not bench Carson Wentz. He won't. He just he's he said this in multiple weeks now. He that he will not bench Carson Wentz. But this time he elaborated on it. He said he will not bench Carson Wentz because that would send the wrong message to the team that the season is over. Hey, Doug, I got one for you. If you keep Carson Wentz behind center, that's a message that your season's over. But they're still leading the NFC East. Oh, my. I don't want to hear it. Your team is free. If we just take out the division race, whatever you want to call it for the NFC East, whatever you want to call that, that disaster going on over there. Mm -hmm. If you take out the fact that they're leading that terrible division, their record is three, seven, and one. I believe I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Three, seven, and one. Any other team that's three, seven, and one and has a rookie quarterback in the wing and their starters playing like the way Carson Wentz is playing, mm-hmm. that rookie would be starting. That's a fact. But just the fact that they're leading their terrible division means Carson Wentz will keep playing because Doug thinks he's the answer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you keep him in there. He's losing games for you. This isn't even close. He's the reason. Interceptions, fumbles, unnecessary sacks where he just doesn't get rid of the ball. He's losing you games. Yeah. And he's been doing it for 11 weeks. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> understand. <sighs> uh, 
That's my opinion. I don't know if you got something else to add to that. It's it's just infuriating. No, it, you basically hit the nail on the head there. All right. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Who do you think's going to win the NFC East right now? After after another week of just whatever the hell that was, we'll call the we'll call the NFC East segment. What the hell was that? That's what the segment will be called. <laughs> after another week of what the hell was that? Who do you think is going to win the NFC East? I think the Cowboys are going to take it now. They did look pretty good, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier tonight. If they can continue to play like that, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think they think that they should be the easy option. So we have. A long comment from Dark Sage. Let me just mm-hmm. get to my parents real quick. Chubb took out the Eagles defense on that run that you mentioned mm-hmm. for sure. And then newsflash, the Eagles season is a dumpster fire with or without wins. And that's that's fair. But yeah. why not see what you have in the rookie? Just do it. Yeah. If you if you win the division, hooray, you made it to the postseason, you're gonna get sh- destroyed by whoever you face next. Mm-hmm. That's just, so why even bother? Here we go, Dark Sage. Deep breath. New England is playing its fans as complete fools. They had no intention to start Jared Sinem this year because they knew fans would never have warmed up to him like they did with Brady. So they played their fans as fools and went after Cam Newton because I think they they know younger fans would be more accepting to someone who has been around longer and not a, a green as grass rookie. In my opinion, this Patriots team is the 2000 redo of Bledsoe and Brady all over again. Interesting take. Interesting, yeah. Do you have an initial opinion on that? That's a lot to soak in. It is a lot to soak in. It's not a terrible take. But it seems like something they would do. It's something the Patriots would do. It's, it's very Patriot. It's very Patriot. It's that very Robert sense. Kraft and Bill Belichick style right there. That, yeah. <laughs> would not surprise anyone if, that, if that's what they're doing. So is what so basically are we saying that the Patriots are going to be drafting a quarterback this year in the first round and will be taking over for Newton slash Bledsoe? Or are we saying Stidham? is Brady and will take over for Cam next season. Like what, that, what's, what's so, the take here? Oh, in this, I think in this scenario, Stidham is essentially a Brady. Okay. And then, so you think of this as Brady's rookie year. And, you know, Cam Newton comes in as the experienced quarterback, which Drew Bledsoe was. And... You know that it's it's much more appealing for the organization to its fan base because as much as they like Jared Sidham, they probably are like, eh, it's not quite there. You know, we just had twenty years of one quarterback, so we're a little a little cautious. They got Cam Newton on a dirt cheap contract, and it's you know. Depending on how the season goes, Cam could be one and done with New England, which I think is very likely. And they're going to be looking for another quarterback. You know, maybe Stidham's not the answer, but I, I think that's the scenario you're looking at right now: is that Stidham is Brady, Newton is Bledsoe. Okay. All right, and Dark Sage has the other opinion that Stidham is Bledsoe and Newton is Brady because I guess his opinion was Stidham was the guy that they were going to run with, you know, 
hey everyone here's stidham slash Bledsoe. this is our guy and then newton is brady he comes in and takes over the role and then newton will get injured at some point and then someone else will take over <laughs> in that brady Bledsoe role so there's someone that's not even in play yet is what he's also saying so yeah. someone will probably get drafted is what we're waiting for right so i, I so in i guess in dark sages uh opinion Stidham's not really even in the in this scenario yet. Right now they have their Bledsoe, but they're waiting to pick up their Brady, is what he's saying. Yep. Okay. All yeah, right. Stidham will not last too long in New England. I mean, Makes he's sense. already the fact that he he's he's been there as long as he has, and he got immediately overtaken by Cam Newton this season and, by and a guy Brian who just, Hoyer and Hoyer just came out of nowhere. No, yeah, he's. He's not ever going to take a snap for New England unless something crazy happens. All right. And speaking about the Patriots, they just got done losing to the Texans 27 to 20. <laughs> yeah. This is a game that I was not invested in whatsoever. I have no idea what happened nope. in this game. All I know is the Patriots lost. Yeah. I, know they I lost. literally have no idea what happened in this game. The only other tidbit I have from this game is that is kind of what I put in the notes here is that literally the Texans were scoring and the receivers were getting hurt after they scored. That makes sense. I mean, like, that's what score we expect. Touchdown, wide receiver goes down. Score touchdown, another wide receiver goes down. Like, isn't that because, what we said at the beginning of the season, though? Yeah, like that's the that's the issue with the Texans receiving core. You know, you trade away D Hop and you bring in all these guys that can't stay healthy. So. Will Fuller injury history, Randall Cobb injury history, David D- Brandon Cooks injury history. Yeah, it was just only a matter of time before they probably all got yeah taken taken down. Yep, literally scored six points, and then I want to say was it Will Fuller or Randall Cobb. I think Will for Will Fuller literally scored a touchdown, and then like the next play got hurt. <laughs> I'm like, what? That makes sense for Will Fuller though. That makes yeah. sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. But they won. So congratulations to the Texans. You just yeah. gave yourself one. You gave the Dolphins a worse draft pick. There you go. <laughs> That's what you do by winning. Uh, the Packers lost to the Colts. Tell you what. Oh, yeah. Tell you what. What a the game that was. Oh, yeah. The Colts were down 14 at halftime. And, you know, I see, I see you put here the defense shut down the Packers for most of the second half. Excuse me. And if the Colts didn't commit so many penalties on the offensive line, this game wouldn't have gone to OT. But it did go to OT, you know, because of the penalties. I guess mm-hmm. I see what you're I see what you're saying here. Okay. Yeah. Now it makes sense now that I said it out loud. Yeah. I read this pre-show and I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> um so yeah. I I the defense shut down the Packers. I'll listen to that. That's fine because you know mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it also kind of just seemed like the Packers took the foot off the gas a little bit. Right, we're up by fourteen. We'll just play some defense. If we score another touchdown, cool mm-hmm. beans. Let's just you know we'll just hold the lead we have. I don't think they expected Philip Rivers to be able to put together a comeback, which is exactly what they did. Right. So, and like the, and like Philip Rivers, they let like the offense left points on the field too like there was touchdowns that were called back because of offensive holding like if those penalties aren't committed the colts theoretically catch up faster before the end of the game game. 
and they keep the lead. Because that defense, I feel like, was playing well. You know, granted, the offense for the Packers might have you know let off the gas a little bit, but the game was a little back and forth early on. And then you know the last the Packers take that that lead before halftime. Mm-hmm. Colts come back. You know, it, it's close again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the, the, this this Colts team. I don't want to say they take the division quite yet for the AFC South. But they're for sure a wild card, right? You know, right now they're projected at four for the division. I still think Colts Titans again is going to be a game to keep an eye on. I mean, if the Colts win the second matchup, then they win the division. Obviously, I think right because even if they do, t- I mean, with the tie, they'll have the division record. They'll have the tiebreaker. That the Colts yeah. will have everything. So that that is an important game looking mm-hmm. towards the future. The Packers are just big question marks this season, hey? They, they, they play great, and then they play like terrible. Can you just... look at any NFC team? Any NFC team mm-hmm. that's, you know, in the playoff picture right now and look at them and say they are a consistent team that I know everything about. You cannot say those words. Nope. Packers, up and down. Bucks, up and down. Seahawks, up and down. NFC East, just awful. Cardinals, up and down. <laughs> Rams, up and down. Everyone mm-hmm. just is like, all right, I got this team figured out. They're going to be the leaders in the NFC. Even the Saints, they're going to be the leaders yeah. in the NFC. The Saints probably probably the most consistent. but They're even probably the closest more. to being the consistent, yeah. You just look at all these teams in the NFC, and you're like, who's, who's going to be the one to like rattle off these like five straight wins to end the season and, and be that person to beat in the NFC? Because right now we don't have a team, and my, I guess it's the Saints. I I don't want to say it's the Saints, but I think that's where mm. the point we're at. But then you got the AFC with like the Steelers ten and zero. You know the Chiefs are obviously probably the team to beat still. The AFC's got their things. They they at least have one or two, they three teams that are consistently playing well. Right. The NFC doesn't even have one. So. <laughs> that's troubling. It is troubling. The Steelers beat the Jaguars. Yep. Cool. First time in franchise history hey. for the Steelers, so that's yeah. always that's good news. There you go. And Chase Claypool has ten touchdowns through ten games, so that's fun. There you go. Uh, the Saints beat the Falcons twenty-four to nine. See, I put this win on the Saints defense. Okay, I, I completely agree. I didn't see much of this game or any at all, so this was a lot of what I like. My takeaways were kind of like what I had, you know, seen highlights, you know, from, you know, hearing other people talk about it and, you know, just kind of really grasp a good picture of what the game was like. But I completely agree with you that it was probably, it was more than likely the defense that kept the Falcons in check, which allowed Taysom Hill to be quote unquote efficient. Yeah. I mean, the defense clamped down the Falcons to nine freaking points. <laughs> The Falcons, even on a bad day, are scoring 30 points. Mm-hmm. That's just the kind of team they are. Right. They score points. And the fact that they scored nine is a testament to the Saints defense. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible. And then, okay, fine. We'll look at Taysom Hill. He had two rushing touchdowns. That's what we expected. He was an efficient passer. He was, you know, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He had no fumbles. He just he got the ball to where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And he did fine. And then the two rushing touchdowns, you know, they played an offense that 
we all expected to see. It was this was not shocking. Mm-hmm. So what the heck? Uh, that's weird. Um, yeah, I, I just think the Saints offense was good. They got enough for the win, but if the defense didn't play as well as it did, they would have easily lost this game because the Falcons could have put up 30. They normally do. Mm-hmm. Like they go to, they just show up for business, score 30, and then the Saints lose. Right. But like you said, since the defense did so well, Taysom Hill was able to run the ball when he wanted. They were able to open up the playbook, and I think that's the reason why they won. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. We talked about Alex Smith getting his first win as a starter in over two years. They beat the Bengals 29. Rest in peace to Joe Burrow's left leg. That's about all I had on that game. We talked about that a lot early on in the show. Yeah. I mean, it was... I think before Burrow went out, you know, it, there was a little bit of a good matchup between, you know, right. Chase yeah. Young and Burrow. Like there was a, a hit at the goal line, like first overall pick, second overall pick, you know, seeing that battle out there from the other side, opposite sides of the of the football here. Um, but yeah, no, con- you know, good for Alex Smith to get that first win and Godspeed for Joe Burrow. Yeah. Hopefully he comes back fine, but. That's mm-hmm. it'll be a while. Yeah. Andy Dalton beat the cow beat the Vikings 31 <laughs> to 28. Yeah. I had no idea he won that game until later in the night. I <laughs> I was honestly very shocked. Yeah. But it just looked like you know the Cowboys offense I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Dalton was efficient. Amari um, uh, Cooper, not so much Michael Gallup, but CD Lamb made miraculous catches. C.D. Mm-hmm. Lamb's touchdown catch was huh, something of beauty. <laughs> tell you what, right, that, that, that making that body adjustment in the end zone is just amazing. Zeke Elliott rushed for over 100 yards. It just looked like the offense that these Cowboys were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, yes, like we said earlier, if this is what they can consistently do, then the Cowboys win the NFC East. If this is what they can do to finish out the season, yes, it's, right. they win the division without any doubt. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter if they can do this, you know, consistently here on out. Right. And then I guess the Vikings played okay. I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Dalvin Cook had an okay day, but I, the Vikings defense just couldn't slow the Cowboys offense enough to let their offense get any more points in them. So, yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen had. I don't think it was a career day, but for many other wide receivers, mm-hmm. it would have been a career day. It was like 120 yeah. receiving yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know, uh, Kirk Cousins had a decent day, but yeah, Delvin Cook I think was the struggle piece there for the Vikings, mm-hmm. along with the defense. The Broncos beat the Dolphins. See, no one really cares about any of this right now. Broncos beat the Dolphins. Okay, that's impressive, I guess, because the you know the Dolphins' defense usually plays pretty well. The story here is Tua was pulled by Brian Flores. And, you know, what everyone's been spoon fed by the media and, you know, what everyone's been led to believe is that Brian Flores wanted to spark the team in the second half because Tua wasn't playing well enough. So they put uh, Fitzmagic in there to try and win the game. What I think is what really happened, you know, Tua was sacked six times in that mm-hmm. before he was benched. And that last one, a little bit of a weird sack, got that leg kind of rolled up. I don't think Tua got hurt. Yeah. I think Brian Flores said, 
you know, let's let's just save Tua. You know, it's his rookie year. He's four games in. We don't want something to happen right now. I still don't think that's good enough reason for pulling Tua. Mm-hmm. So I don't agree with this. I just got done loving on Brian Flores last week. I said he was my head coaching crush. I love this guy. What mm-hmm. he's done with the Dolphins. This was a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit there on the sideline as a head coach and be like, all right, yep, you're not playing that well. Let's just pull you out. Like if every single time, if Tua's mentality is every time I'm playing poorly, I'm going to get pulled and I don't have to finish a game, then that's that's just a that's going to hurt his development. Yep. This kid has to see a game through. Mm-hmm. If he gets sacked 20 times, I don't care. Change the playbook, run the ball more, get him out of the pocket, figure things out, change the game plan. Don't just be like you got sacked six times. Well, I guess we're just done. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> that's that's just bad coaching, and it just yeah. leaves a bad mark, I think, into his brain. Yeah, it's yeah, just the, the coddling basically of yeah. Tua right now, and it's right. like and I, that's why I'm like, no, he needs to. If he's not injured and he can play, he needs to finish the game. Take the loss like a man. Like you can't just have Fitzpatrick in there trying to get a spark to win the game. Like, granted, he almost did, yeah. but that's not good for your team in general. Be flip flopping quarterbacks like that in the middle of a game because one's playing ineffective. Like you, Brian Flores decided to start Tua after the bye week. He needs to stick with Tua. You can't flip flop from week to week when you make that flip from a veteran quarterback who was winning games for the Dolphins to a rookie who was, you know, top five draft pick. Playing okay. Playing oh right. Like you just gotta if you're gonna make a choice, you gotta stick with it. Yeah. Me made your bed in LA and you can't just interchange yep. quarterbacks like that. Yep. And if you're not gonna come out and say it was an injury concern if he came out and said it was an injury concern, we don't talk about this. Exactly. Like he said it was performance-based, and that's an issue. That's a huge issue for mm-hmm. many NFL fans. Um, We'll try and rapid-fire some of these. The yeah. Chargers almost lost to the Jets. Like It came <laughs> down to some of the last plays of the game. Yeah. And the fact that this is, the, this is it for me. Mm-hmm. They might have won this game, but Anthony Lynn needs to go. Yeah. Justin Herbert played pretty much lights out. Mm-hmm. If Anthony Lynn can't coach a game for four quarters, he needs to go because they almost lost to the Jets. They were blowing out the Jets, and then they just – Adam Gase takes over play calling, and they just they just run and pass all over the Chargers. <laughs> that should not be allowed No, to happen ever. I'm sorry. I Anthony Lynn's a great story, fun guy. You can't – these these losses and close wins have to end, mm-hmm. and the close wins don't happen very often. I think all seven of their losses have come by thirty four points, all one score games. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable, and this has been happening for multiple seasons. So I think he, I I don't think he's on the the hottest seat in the world, but it's getting but pretty warm. If I have a hot seat, if I'm allowed to have temperatures, he's like top three for me. He's sitting right there with like Adam Gase and Romeo Cremel, but he's not. He's just like an intern, but I guess that doesn't really count. <laughs> Pete Carroll, screw that guy. Get him out of here. 
The Chiefs beat the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders played very well. They did. And it was Patrick Mahomes' game-winning drive to win the game. Seven plays, 75 yards, just over a minute. Mm-hmm. And Travis Kelsey was open like 10 yards in each direction for that touchdown catch. Yeah. If I'm Jason Witten, who caught the go-ahead touchdown pass for the Raiders, and I'm Derek Carr, if I'm anyone on that offense, mm-hmm. I'm like giving the cold shoulder to the defense in the locker room. Like I'm not talking yeah. to you. To let Patrick Mahomes go down the off go down the field like he did. It wasn't even close. Because yeah. there were still 28 seconds on the clock. They scored with time to spare. It was mm-hmm. it was a joke. He just is like, yep, pass, 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 touchdown. Like, like it was practice. Yeah, it's like the Raiders defense like was like, oh, just gotta keep him out of the end zone. And right. then all of a sudden they're at the end zone. Like, oh wait, what happened? Wait, what what? <laughs> and like these were passes to the middle of the field, too. The Chiefs weren't even playing the out of bounds. Yeah. They were just the playbook is wide open. They're just like, let's just throw it wherever the guy's open and just run up to the ball and let's go. They only had one yeah. timeout. They only used one mm-hmm. timeout. That's embarrassing by the Raiders defense. But hey, yeah. they split the series for the season, so that's a big deal. It, yeah. And you know, this Raiders offense, you know, they're they're grooving. Like, you yeah. know, and we saw that Sunday night. So I mean, you know, look out, keep an eye on them. I think, you know, I think we were both hesitant early on in the season to, you know, buy in on the Raiders and you know if that defense, you know, can shore up a little bit, play a better complete game, you know, I'm buying on these Raiders. Like they're just, they're doing well. I am buying. I'm officially think I'm buying them for the future. All right. Because yeah. it's not like their defense has no hope. It's mm-hmm. not like their defense is full of old guys who right. like they're going to have to replace. These are young corners, young safeties, young mm-hmm. everything. They're going to get better. They're going to grow and they can just add veteran presence or just more stronger rookies there too. Mm-hmm. I'm buying them for the future, especially what I've seen from the offense. And last but not least, the Rams beat the Buccaneers. Jared Goff, look, both run games were non-existent in this game, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, whenever I talk about the Rams, I say if they don't have a run game going, Jared Goff is inefficient. Well, son of a gun. <laughs> Jared Goff just spit in my face. <laughs> I'm not going to say he can do this on a consistent basis. Right. I think it might be like a one-time deal, not one time, but you know, it's it's not the common thing. Right. Jared Goff was amazing. Mm-hmm. My goodness, two receivers over 100 yards. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. He was hitting everything. Yeah. He played amazing. He had two interceptions. One of them was on a bad screenplay. Never should have threw the ball. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Tom Brady's interceptions. This is what I want to talk about early on the show that I stopped myself. <laughs> Did you see those interceptions? Oh, uh, yeah. my God. If you have not seen Tom Brady's interceptions from last night, I'm gonna go have ahead, to go, just go ahead and Google them. Yeah, I've got to find those. They're both on deep balls where mm-hmm. it just looks like he was playing catch with the defense. <laughs> like he overthrew <laughs> was that the one to Antonio Brown? One of them was. I did see that one. I was like, where, what is he doing? Right. And it's just... And this is where... You have to start questioning if Tom Brady is starting to decline a little bit. He has so much talent around him. And this isn't mm-hmm. even a communication issue at this point. These are just straight deep balls that he is either overthrowing or just putting in the wrong spot. Neither mm-hmm. one of them were even close. Yeah. It was it was they were two very embarrassing throws. And it wasn't just the interceptions, it was all night. It was the incompletions too. Anything that was further than like 15 yards down the field. 
zero percent chance of completing it. Like that's just the way it was last <laughs> night for Tom Brady. So you're just starting to question yeah. if he's deteriorating a little bit. Oh, I absolutely think he is. Sad. Yeah. No teams on a bye week this week. No. Nice. Only the Bucks and Panthers on a bye week next week. They're the last two teams to have their bye week. I was going to say so that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Good stuff. So 16 games moving forward, except next week. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. So we got, let's, I guess we'll kind of do a power run. I don't know. It's supposed to be a two hour show, but if we want to stop and talk about one, we can, but if it's like an obvious one, we'll try and just keep moving. Yeah. We'll just kind of keep moving. There's there's nothing really for Jer Stoppler this week. Besides your big one is what the Browns and Jags. No. Oh no. no. Monday night. It's probably, yeah. I just saw that. <laughs> Let me throw up the banner for you. Hold on. All right. There you go. So we can talk about Monday Night Surf Top. We'll just do this. Right. Do Monday. We'll, we'll go backwards here. Start with Monday Night Football. Okay. So Monday night, uh, as of right now, I will put a disclaimer out there. Your weather channel apps, your AccuWeather apps, they are more likely accurate only three days out from the actual day of weather forecasted. So if today's (laughs) right, so this is what they're saying. Now it could change by Friday or Saturday, like by Friday, Saturday is your definite, you know, your definite forecast. Um, So what we're having, this is what we're showing now. There's probably a likelihood that it's going to be something similar to this being based on the description of the game or the description of the weather for this game. It's probably most likely, um, but for the Seahawks Eagles game, it is going to be a wet one in Philadelphia with periods of rain, upper forties, 10 to 20 mile an hour. And the rain that they're going to get during the, the, during the day and partly during the game is, should be adding up to about a quarter inch in rainfall, which is a lot. That kind of sucks. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit wet and soggy game, which Philly just played in Cleveland last week. And, and they, they played, did like, not look good. So, here come the Seahawks coming in, and they and just Russell gotta... Wilson's fine with playing in the rain. They play yeah. in Seattle, exactly. They know how to play in, in bad weather. So the Seahawks should be good. Yeah, we're both taking the Seahawks here. I think. Yep, that should be that should be easy. Yeah. So we'll backtrack and go to. Uh, well, let me. Uh, I gotta do more. Here we go. Go back to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving holiday. And this is just, I put this on social media. This just sucks. <laughs> it's not great. Maybe but I guess, the- do you really want good games on Thanksgiving? And I, you know, I, I propose this. Do you really want good games on Thanksgiving? Because one, the first game you're probably going to be eating. Yeah. So you don't want to be like distracted, I guess. So you want to be Which is always the Lions. Right. So no one usually cares. And then the second game, you're probably going to be falling asleep during it. So you mm-hmm. don't really want to watch that. Just and then it's the nighttime. The Cowboys, yep. And then the nighttime game, like you, you took your nap. So I guess the nighttime game should be the best of them. Right. But if you're really tired, you're probably looking to head to bed kind of early. You know, if you've mm-hmm. had a busy day with your family and everything. Yep. So these games kind of pan out. Texans at Lions. I, I am. I'm done with the Lions. I've kind of put the Lions yeah. on the same list as the Bears where I refuse to pick them. 
That's where I, I'm I agree. At. Yeah. So no, I'm right there with you with picking the Texans. Because so I picked them last week and they put up a freaking egg. So yeah. Texans should be fine here. I'd like to think. The Washington football team at the Cowboys. And I, I'm not saying the Washington football team is the Bills, but the Cowboys lost last year <laughs> against the Bills, and people didn't expect yeah. that. So can the Washington football team pull up an upset on Thanksgiving? I think the Cowboys are get, are, they're getting into a groove based on last week with Andy Dalton back. So I think they might not get the upset like they did last year. Okay. And the Washington football team did put a beating on the Cowboys earlier in the season, too. They might have their number. I'm picking the Cowboys. I'm just saying this kind of stuff for yeah. fun. I am going to take the Cowboys. They played very well. I like to think they can continue their momentum moving forward. Mm-hmm. Ravens at the Steelers. That's an obvious pick for the Steelers, especially yep. with the COVID injuries with the Ravens and just everything going mm-hmm. on there. So, yeah, Steelers, Steelers for days. <laughs> 11 and 0. Impressive. Steelers get the sweep. Dolphins at the Jets. All right, the next game is not. <laughs> are picking the Dolphins? Yeah, Dolphins are going there. The Je- I want to propose one last question at the end. And at the end here, All right. the, the Cardinals at the Patriots. You know, I like I like what the Patriots have done the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. They kind of looked like a football team again, but the Cardinals, it's revenge time. They're going to take some frustrations out on the Patriots. I think. Yeah. After getting getting beat by the Seahawks. They're not happy about that. And Kyler Murray's got a couple extra days of rest. That's true. Because they were on the Thursday night game. So, you know, they get a couple extra days. He, I, he, he's probably going to be fine. And yeah. I think that Cardinals defense will make Cam Newton play very badly. It's going to be a long day for the Patriots, I think. It's yeah. going to be a rough one. It's good football weather, 50s and sunny, you said. Yeah. Panthers at the Vikings. We got a difference here. I think the Vikings, I think they can pick up a little bit. They didn't play terrible against the Cowboys, I don't think. At least Kirk Cousins didn't play terrible. Mm -hmm. If Dalvin Cook can pick up because, you know, the Panthers' run defense we just got done talking about isn't the greatest. Mm -hmm. So I think Dalvin Cook should be able to take advantage of that and get back to where he was before, you know, his two, three-game stretch he was on. Yeah. I like the Vikings to be able to pick their offense back up and, Look pretty good. All right. Yeah, I don't remember picking the Panthers there now. <laughs> Whoops. Are you changing your pick? I I don't feel comfortable with the Panthers pick now. I don't know why you did initially, but I mean, yeah. I, I like maybe Teddy's going to be back. They pick up like well, I don't. Off. I think I've, Teddy's projected to be back, and I think McCaffrey's projected projected to be back. But they didn't play so great last time those two were on the, both in the field. I mean, they didn't really. They haven't had a lot of time to mesh this season. So, yeah, I'm changing it. I'm going with the Vikings. Hey, oh, we got to change. I don't Vikings. like. I don't like the Panthers on this pick. I think the Vikings. De- no, the only thing that worries me is the Vikings defense. Yeah. But I think Dalvin Cook could run all over that Panthers defense pretty well. So I'm, I'm taking the Vikings there for sure. That means the Panthers will win. Congratulations, you just screwed us both. <laughs> That's okay because I don't get, I don't lose any games behind. I don't get any farther behind. <laughs> that's true. The Browns at the Jaguars. Yeah, yep. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt. I should have a day. 
should be a good day for the that Browns. Defense, defense should have a good day. Yeah. Get another game up on the on the Ravens. It's a yeah. bad bad timing for the Ravens. Titans at the Colts. Here we are. I mean, yeah, I'm taking the Colts again because yeah. the Titans still aren't showing me that they've changed. You mm-hmm. know, they're still doing the same thing they did the last time these two teams played. Yeah. And if, if anything, the Colts look better because they just got them beating the freaking Packers. Yep. So I'm taking the Colts again to sweep the series. I am not taking the Titans like I did last time. I will be taking the Colts. Hey, oh, because like you said, they are playing much better than they did la- when they played last time. And the Titans just aren't changing much. They're, they're you know, they're set in their ways. The defense is okay. And it, can do a little bit at crunch time, but they've played pretty soft. It seems like lately, I know from watching that Ravens game, it was very soft and special teams. The Titans is atrocious. That's so not good. Give me the Colts. All right. Colts. It is giants at the Bengals. I'm not in love with the giants, but without Joe Burrow, I have yeah. no faith in those Bengals. So yep. Giants. It's almost like the Bengals just became the jets. It's almost like an auto pick for the other team. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. Chargers at the Bills. E- yeah. Even if this is a great game through four, mm-hmm. three and a half quarters, the Bills will win at the end because the Chargers will choke. Yep. So just <laughs> it's the whether the Bills are <laughs> blowing them out or they need a comeback, yeah. the Bills win either way. So Bills all day. <laughs> yeah, taking the Bills. Of course you are. Raiders at the Falcons. Um, after what I just saw from the Falcons, you know, I could see the Falcons being fine this game, though, because mm-hmm. the Raiders defense is not the Saints defense. So I could see the Falcons being able to go back to scoring 30 plus points. Mm-hmm. But we also have seen the Raiders scoring 30 plus points. They just put up 31 against the Chiefs. Yep, it's going to be an offensive battle, I think, for mm-hmm. sure. I yeah. am going to take the Raiders. Yeah, I think the Raiders defense gets a little bit of like a, a regaining confidence against the Falcons. Like I the Falcons offense, like Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense plays pretty well in passing, but they're not Patrick Mahomes. So right. it's a little bit different scheme on offense. And so that's why I'm thinking this Raiders defense can kind of you know, catch that catch their breath, you know, change of pace and you know, regain the confidence in defense. And I think the Raiders offense is just gonna keep rolling. You know, they yeah. just have something going. So, Ragers. Yeah, who would have thought Nelson Aguilar would be a key piece of an offense anywhere? <laughs> Good Lord. Didn't see that coming. Right. 49ers at the Rams. That's, unfortunately for the Seahawks, that's going to be another Rams win. Yep. It's going to be tough to top the Rams right now. Mm-hmm. Tell you what. Saints at the Broncos. This is going to be the Saints winning yep. again. Whether it's just the Broncos, I don't know. I don't know how they won that game against the Dolphins, but mm-hmm. not a good team. Chiefs at the Bucks. See, the key here is it's not a primetime game, so this could end up being like a classic. This could be a good game, right? It has the potential because when the when the Bucks aren't in primetime, they've played extremely well. Yeah, but it's the Chiefs. If they were playing mm-hmm. any other team, you know, I I think right. I think they could get back on track in this game, but like I'm, I feel like if Tom Brady scores four touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes like I see what you can do, and I can do it better, so I'll score five. <laughs> do you? Here's the real question: Do you think Tom Brady will shake the hand of Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Okay. 
This, because Tom, be a Brady, Tom Brady has beaten him in the AFC Championship game. Oh. Respect. So, respect. All right. And then last but not least, the Sunday night football game, because we already did the Seahawks and Eagles, the Bears at the Packers. Yep. Green Bay. Yep. <laughs> That'll be a God. cold one, but Green God, Bay. that is that is a depressing end to the show. <laughs> All right. And last but not uh, least, Sunday night football primetime game. Bears at the Packers. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're taking the packers in case anyone didn't know yep that was our first ever tuesday full show yeah you you tell you, you post these up on thursday morning the, sh- the show or the, the predictions picks. yeah i i i I'm gonna, thanksgiving. i think i'm gonna post this entire show this time okay. around yeah because it's Thursday, I don't ex- I don't want to post an episode on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna just post the whole episode, but then moving mm-hmm. forward, I'm gonna ask everybody, um, ask the fans what okay. they prefer. I can split up the picks into a separate show, mm-hmm. or we can just do it all as one show. I wanted to see, you know, what I get for like a poll question for people that listen to the podcast, what they might prefer. Yeah, because maybe a two-hour show is too much to listen to, and they'd like to get it split up. I, I, I mean, I would understand that. I don't. I probably don't sit down for a two-hour show unless it's Dan Patrick. <laughs> That's an exception. Yeah, and we're not Dan Patrick. No, <laughs> <laughs> but we're better than Chris Sims. That is right. We are better than PFT. <laughs> Suck on that, PFT. Mike Florio and Chris Sims. <sighs> but we got you know our tagline changed a little bit. Because now we're gonna be it's gonna be a full week. I hope everyone has a extremely happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. Absolutely. God, God bless, Godspeed to everyone. Enjoy your turkeys. If you eat ham, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's turkey. <laughs> yeah, you weirdo. Eat your holiday meat. Eat your holiday meat. And then we will be back next Tuesday. Yeah. Because mama didn't raise no wussies.